You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 49. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to be talking about something that's been coming up a lot, not just lately, but particularly so as we explore the world of agile and ways that a PMO can help you embrace organizational agility and drive organizational agility during this pandemic and well beyond into our new normal. Now, the question I get a lot is, Can the PMO and Agile coexist? Or they will ask, what's the role of a PMO and project management in a product-driven organization? So today we're going to dive into all of this us and them of the PMO versus Agile, of project versus product management, and talk about ways that we can move past that conversation and have the right conversation, the more productive conversation, the more impact driven conversation, and certainly the one that's more focused on outcomes so that all of us can work together and succeed in achieving high impact outcomes for any organization we work in, no matter how much agile is going on in your organization. This episode is sponsored by Keydin. Keydin provides project and portfolio management software that helps PMOs take an agile approach to their portfolio. Using their unique methods, backed by product functionality, you can ensure your team is investing in the right projects from the portfolio level, make changes quickly without breaking everything you've done, and ultimately deliver faster on your promises to the business. Download their white paper to learn how to revolutionize project delivery through agile portfolio management. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 049. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 049 to get that white paper today. Okay, let's dive in to the PMO versus Agile. The very first thing that you need to know is that if you are having an argument about the PMO versus Agile, you're doing it wrong. You're having the wrong conversation in the first place. And in order to move towards a more productive outcome, we've got to be having the right conversation. What's all this fuss about anyway? It seems no matter which side of the line you come down on, people feel very strongly about the way an organization should go about getting projects done. If you are in the PMO or Agile camp, historically, you haven't seen eye to eye on which approach is the best approach to move your organization forward and to help you get your projects completed. Is it best to have a PMO? Is strictly agile the solution to our problems? And for the record, many of those that think agile is the way to go for delivering projects or products in an organization believe that the PMO just gets in the way of productivity. In fact, many will tell you that that is One of the reasons that Agile implementation approach was created is in response to a system that wasn't working for them. There was way too much templates, tools, and process and not enough getting it done. Now, on the other hand, those that believe a PMO is the right answer often think that Agile is the Wild West with a lack of process, governance, and clearly defined dates and outcomes. So here's the truth. They're both right. 
and they're both wrong. In some cases, the PMO has become too process heavy and overbearing to be the high impact organization it was intended to be. In other cases, the Agile camp has started off with great intentions, but not stayed true to the spirit and intent of the approach, leading to a less productive, somewhat chaotic team or a scenario where they've created a lot of the same problems that the PMO environment has created with heavy process and governance and the like. When it's done right, both the PMO and Agile teams can be highly productive impact engines that create high value outcomes for an organization. But the key is in combining the why with the what and then the how. So today I'm going to walk you through that why, finding common ground, the what, how to get clear on the terminology and the meaning on both sides of the fence, and the how, how we can do more together to achieve the outcomes we're looking to achieve and drive that impact for an organization. Step one, the why, how we can find common ground. So before we get into the ways to see this from both perspectives, it's important to take a step back and look at some commonalities between the two perspectives. Yes, that's right. Let's stop trying to make the case for why things won't work and look at all the ways we can all just get along and combine forces to create a league of superheroes that can really get it done. So the first question that we've got to ask is always, 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 what business problem are you trying to solve? The answer to that question helps us understand why we are here and what value we can serve to the organization. You've really got to understand your why statement, which makes it a lot easier to use our best thinking to develop a clear solution to address the business problem. But that business problem has to be clear. And that, my friends, is one of the first places that we have been known to make mistakes on the agile side of the world, on the traditional project management side of the world, in the PMO space. We think we know the medicine that our business leaders need to take, and we think we know the solution for our stakeholders. And sometimes we forget to ask that very important why question. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I'd highly recommend you listen to the rest of this episode and then go back and listen to a few other episodes. First, you'll want to check out episode 38, which gives you some techniques to move past the Agile versus PM discussion. That's more of an overview, a few techniques on collaboration and working together. This episode's much more diving into the details. I'd also suggest you go back to the beginning and check out the first nine episodes or so, because in those episodes, I take you on a journey to explore the impact PMO leader mindsets that help you think through the shifts that you're going to need to make in order to embrace that outcome-focused, why-centric way of thinking about the work you do with your PMO or your Agile organization. And then you're also gonna wanna dive into episode 19 and episode 20. Episode 19 is the questions to ask before starting a PMO and 20, the secret to a PMO that they will love. And who's they? Your business leaders and stakeholders. You're going to have them begging and pleading for your PMO when you listen to those episodes and take the actions that I suggest in those episodes. Okay. Now for this one though, I just want you to remember that you've got to be asking that why question, what business problem, business need, 
business challenge, business opportunity is your PMO or your project team or your agile project intended to address. That's got to be first and foremost, because we need to keep front and center in our thinking this one thing. Both camps, Agile and PMO in this case, because we're doing Agile versus the PMO, both camps should be focused on the same end game, helping an organization get projects done the best way they know how. While that know-how might be different for each perspective, the concept of the greater good must be paramount in our thinking and our approach and in our actions. We are all here to serve that goal of helping the organization create impact, regardless of the implementation approach we choose. Now, if you're too caught up in the process being the end game, we're going to completely lose sight of this goal. Remember, process is the means, not the end. Let us never forget, none of us are here if we don't have projects to do in the first place. And if we can't get those projects done in a way that delivers high impact outcomes to the organization, we become irrelevant, all of us, regardless of which side of the project management, product management fence we're on. So by putting our us and them mindset aside, we can figure out how we can take that common goal and use our best combined thinking to come up with a solution that fits the organizational needs most effectively. So many organizations get quite passionate about their favorite methodology. And if we get too caught up in the way we are implementing our projects to the point of being blind to other possible solutions, we might forget the why. We might lose sight of the purpose for doing that project work in the first place. Once we're completely clear on the why, I think it's important to spend a little bit time on the what. And that means we've got to get clear on terminology and meaning. To get to the highest impact outcomes together, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, we need to level set on some terminology. Project management is not the same as implementation methodology. Take this definition by the Association of Project Management. It says that project management is the application of processes, methods, knowledge, skills, and experience to achieve project objectives. Hmm. I don't know about you, but to me, it sounds like That's what we're all here to do, right? If you look at the project management best practices guides out there, you'll see that there's a big emphasis on what you should do. And the what is the same across all methodologies chosen for any implementation. For example, you got to manage risk. You got to manage schedule, scope, cost, communication, stakeholders, etc. Don't we do that in every implementation methodology? I would love to see an agile project that was done right, that did not take into account the risks that needed to be managed, the schedule, albeit a different way to manage the schedule than waterfall, for example, but you still manage the schedule. Scope, I mean, they have clearly defined scope chunks that they're working on in each one of their sprints, let's say if you're doing scrum. Cost, communication, stakeholders, I mean, Actually, in some ways, they do that better than traditional waterfall project management. So what makes us think that Agile isn't project management? Isn't it an approach for getting projects done? Here's a hint. Every implementation methodology that's any good will address every aspect of project management gattas 
you got to do this, you got to do that, while also giving you an approach to creating and delivering the outcomes, not just the outputs. The differences that we see between Agile and Waterfall, for example, aren't with project management, but much more so about how we go about creating the outcomes. And that's implementation methodology. Seems like we have a lot of common ground so far, right? Now I'd like to take it even a step further. Have you read the Agile Manifesto? It will take you about 30 seconds to read and maybe five seconds to see how much it aligns with the focus we should all have on our projects, regardless of the implementation methodology we choose. While it was originally designed as a solution for software development, I believe it's a perfectly suitable solution for implementing all kinds of projects. In fact, the Impact Engine PMO training program, which is all about building, running, and optimizing your PMO, is an agile implementation approach to building and running PMOs. And it works fantastically well for all of my PMO students. And the simple reason why it works so well is that it's really a lot of common sense being put into common practice. Okay, check this out. This is how simple it is. The Agile Manifesto says, we are uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it. Through this work, we have come to value. Individuals and interactions over process and tools. I mean, hello, how many times have I said that to you guys, right? All of you impact drivers out there know we want to put people and interaction and progress over process and tools. The second one, working software over comprehensive documentation. I mean, again, hello, it's all about outcomes over outputs. I say that in practically every episode. Customer collaboration over contract negotiation. That means finding solutions over us and them. This podcast episode and many others that I've shared really emphasize that. Responding to change over following a plan. And that is absolutely at the essence of what it means to be an impact driver. Now, when I developed my impact PMO leader mindsets, when I developed the impact driver concepts, frankly, it was long before I'd ever read the Agile Manifesto. But to me, these things were so perfectly clear as common sense ways that we can help organizations achieve their ultimate goals and the PMO can live up to its true mission, which is to accelerate achieving high return on investment for every single project the organization undertakes. And the last sentence in this Agile Manifesto is, while there is value in the items on the right, process and tools, comprehensive documentation, contract negotiation, following a plan, we value the items on the left more. And that's exactly what I'm hoping for everyone listening to understand. We're valuing individuals and interactions over process and tools. It doesn't mean process and tools aren't important, but it does mean that we value individuals and interactions over process and tools. Working software, or if it's not a software project, a working solution over comprehensive documentation. We talk about that all the time. If you have a bunch of documentation and you're following a checklist and you're following a process to the T, but you don't achieve the ultimate results, if things don't work, then all the documentation in the world doesn't matter. Customer collaboration over contract negotiation. We see this all the time. 
Have you ever managed a project or know someone that's managed a project so tightly that changes were fought tooth and nail so that we could keep our triple constraint perfect? And then the project is completed and it doesn't actually meet the requirements so that it's used by the business users that were supposed to use it. That's why collaboration to achieve the outcomes is more important than staying a stickler to the schedule or to the scope. I'm not saying you blow the scope out of the water completely, but I am saying that you've got to make sure that you stay aligned with your business users and that you keep the outcomes focus for the entire length of the project. And of course, responding to change over following a plan. No plan is any good if it doesn't allow you to adapt and shift as the needs of the organization shift. So you see where I'm going with this? The Agile Manifesto, as an example, is a heck of a lot of common sense that we as PMO leaders have an opportunity to put into practice. As you can see, maybe it's actually good for us to figure out how to incorporate more Agile as PMO leaders and project leaders into the work that we're doing every day. Maybe that gap isn't so far apart from where we are in our thinking. Now let's look at the PMO perspective. Somewhere along the way, the PMO got stereotyped as the process-heavy, box-checking organization that's responsible for simply defining and executing on an implementation methodology. And in fact, and what drives me nuts, is that a lot of times that implementation methodology that the PMO is tied to or assumed to be connected to is waterfall. Let me be 100,000% clear here. PMO does not equal waterfall. The PMO does not equal waterfall. The PMO should not even be tied to a particular methodology of implementing a project at all. Well, best practices, you know, you think project management and implementation methodology are certainly a part of what a PMO can do to create consistency and reliability in project delivery for an organization. That's certainly only scratching the surface of what a PMO can do. And frankly, Oftentimes, consistency shouldn't be the goal. Consistency doesn't necessarily mean better. And a goal of consistency stifles any real chance for innovation and critical thinking about better ways to solve a problem. Why should we keep doing things the same way over and over again if there is an opportunity for improvement? And by the way, I know we've said that the PMO is not about classic waterfall implementation methodology. And while many people think waterfall when they think PMO, I've seen and personally run many PMOs that apply a much more iterative framework to getting projects done and achieving outcomes. And we also need to be clear that project management is also not synonymous with waterfall. You want to think of project management in terms of the gotta haves, the must do's, and then your implementation methodology is the approach to doing those must do's to achieve the outcome. The third step in all of this is figuring out how to do more together by working together instead of finding ways to continue this us and them battle. We've got to talk about the how of making a bigger impact working together. So instead of spending so much energy fighting to make our differences known about our methodology or our approach versus someone else's, how about we focus on how we can collaborate to deliver for the organization? As many Agile experts will tell you, Agile isn't the answer to every problem all the time, just as the PMO isn't always the answer either. 
The best solution to deliver the highest possible impact and return on investment for your project might actually be leveraging the best of both, a hybrid approach. I believe the opportunities to leverage a PMO to help an organization deliver impact are endless. And I also believe implementing a more agile-like approach to projects has some huge benefits. Here's a list of just a handful of the benefits Agile implementation methodology has that aligns with a high-impact PMO. First, increased customer satisfaction, leading to a solution that has a higher likelihood of being used. A higher likelihood of use means higher likelihood of creating intended impact and return on investment. Second, increased project control. Yep, that's right. Using Agile can actually increase your control and governance of the project work and the deliverables. Why is that? Because if you're doing things in smaller, shorter iterations and getting feedback faster, then you have the opportunity to make sure things stay on track more regularly before things get completely out of control. Another benefit, faster return on investment. You can get products, services, deliverables to market faster if you do it in stages, thereby reaping some of the benefits and rewards of an iterative approach. Another reason, reduced risk. With greater insight, oversight, and shorter cycles, you have a greater chance of minimizing risk realization and impacts that can completely derail your project. Number five, higher deliverable quality through that increased engagement and more collaborative and interactive requirements solution development cycle. Number six, greater agility. I've been talking a lot about organizational agility recently and it's because I believe that PMOs have an incredible opportunity to step up and lead during this high VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity kind of environment we're in right now, and I believe will continue to be in. The cause may change, but the VUCA won't. It's here to stay. So wouldn't it be great if we had the ability to be more agile and flexible our ability to shift as the needs and requirements change is critical to ensuring that we achieve that high impact outcome that every PMO is meant to achieve. Number seven, increased collaboration across the project team. Everyone is talking to everyone and everyone knows what's going on. This is the heart of effective project communication. And number eight, the techniques originally designed for software development with Agile apply to many types of projects, such as process improvement initiatives, marketing projects, the sales process, building and running a PMO, like with our Impact Engine PMO program, you name it, there are opportunities to embrace a more Agile implementation approach everywhere you look. When the goal is improvement, there are many ways the tweaking approach can be useful in getting us to a highly tuned solution in iterations as opposed to the big bang approach of waterfall. So as you can see from these examples, there are plenty of benefits to be gained by leveraging the best of both worlds. We can leverage the PMO construct and a team to handle many of the services that an organization requires to oversee an entire portfolio of projects, build competencies through training and coaching, manage tools and resources, and keep stakeholders engaged and effective through the entire change process. Organizational change management is a huge opportunity for PMO leaders. The project teams are then freed up to have a laser focus on project delivery and achieving outcomes using the best mechanisms for creating return on investment 
for each project undertaken. So let's look at a few ways that a PMO can specifically support agile projects and an agile organization. A PMO can provide all sorts of services that can benefit any organization, regardless of implementation methodology chosen for those projects. Here are just some examples of services a PMO can provide that are not necessarily quote unquote covered within the confines of a singular agile project. And by the way, while we're on the topic of a PMO and a group of agile projects, do you know that's just a portfolio? It's a project portfolio. And have you ever heard of an agile center of excellence? Um, that's kind of a PMO, right? Depending on how you define your PMO services. So I'm not going to digress here, but let's just say we're really not as far apart as you might think when we stay focused on the why of what we're doing in the first place. All right, here's a few examples. Provide coaching, training, and support on the implementation methodology of choice. Is there any reason the PMO can't facilitate and organize and bring in some trainers or maybe build train the trainer programs and become trainers themselves on how to implement Agile, for example? The PMO can act as an advocate for the use of best practices and methodology across the organization, as well as maybe assisting with best fit implementation methodology selection for each project. The PMO should be providing governance and oversight to the portfolio, balancing shifting priorities, resource allocation, managing conflicts, helping to ensure that resources are being fully utilized and leveraged, maybe helping up breaking up some of those fights that happen between projects fighting over resources. Who knows, that might actually happen in your organization and what a great opportunity for the PMO to come in and frankly, save the day figuring out creative ways to help everyone achieve the outcomes they're trying to achieve. And on the portfolio management side of things, Sometimes that means that you can't all have everything you want at once, which is why it's so important for the PMO to provide and support a prioritized project portfolio so that making those decisions is a heck of a lot easier. Project A has a higher priority than project B. Well, project A is probably going to get that resource first, depending on the way we're measuring and how close they are to achieving their outcomes, etc. All right, what's another example? You can provide career development, mentoring, and opportunities for growth for project management roles, for scrum master roles, for example. You could be teaching product owners how to be good product owners. Ensure project management, you know, the what, is fully understood and at the forefront of thinking regardless of an implementation methodology chosen. You can be evangelizing the benefits and the outcomes that are achieved when you apply good best practices. Now remember, it's all about right fit and you don't want to put every tool in the toolbox in front of people or every box that can possibly be checked. This is about lean and nimble and figuring out what makes sense to use when and teaching people how to make those critical decisions and what to look for. You can establish and collect project and portfolio metrics to ensure proper performance and that projects are actually achieving their outcomes. Now this one's super important. You want to go well beyond the triple constraint here because time, scope, and cost is not necessarily the metrics that are going to tell you if your project is going to achieve its outcomes. And don't even get me started on EVM. The one thing it does not measure is value. It's earned value management and it doesn't measure value. It doesn't actually tell you if you're going to achieve the business outcomes and it definitely doesn't tell you if they were worth the investment in the first place. 
You've got to find really good metrics that are actually going to help you determine whether or not the project was worth the doing in the first place, which means you've got to make sure there's very clear alignment to the business case and the goals that project are intended to achieve. All right, this next one, number seven, is really important to me. You could be providing organizational change management support and guidance. This is the true differentiator between successful and failed projects, you know, how well they bring people with them through the change process. And the PMO can play a huge role in that because I truly believe that there shouldn't be a separate function somewhere off in another part of the organization that's responsible for organizational change management. Change management is done in every project by every leader and by every person participating in the projects. And so you can teach people in the organization how to be a part of the change, how to lead people through change, as opposed to trying to outsource that to some other part of the organization. That's everyone's job. And the PMO can play a critical role in educating people and providing support and resources and guidance to help people see that. You can ensure properly educated and engaged stakeholders and sponsors. I've got a whole program called How to Train Your Sponsor because I believe it's so important that we take the time to build the skills and knowledge of people that are in the sponsor roles because frankly, many of them don't understand their role and that communication isn't clear. So maybe you could be taking advantage of that program and adapting it for your organization and figuring out how you can help to educate people that are in the role of sponsor. What if there was a really nice, fun onboarding process for sponsors that leveraged a checklist that I provide or resources that I provide that say, this is what a sponsor should be doing. Roles and responsibilities, that can go a long way. You can ensure process excellence and continuous improvement of approaches and execution across projects. You can provide strategic planning support and ensure strategic alignment of every single project to the goals of the organization. There's definitely a connection there. And the PMO is uniquely positioned and skilled to help support aligning all of those projects with the strategy of the organization, and then making sure that everyone is super clear on the way that their projects are connected to that overall strategy. And finally, number 11, you can ensure adherence and application of the implementation methodologies that make sense for the project and best practices to increase reliability and predictability of project performance and the ability to meet the expected outcomes. I didn't say consistency there. This isn't about being the PMO Gestapo, as my dear friend Lee Lambert likes to say. This is about being sure that we can count on, we can rely on the methodology and the best practices to help us achieve the outcomes we're looking to achieve in a reliable manner, in a predictable manner, so that we can plan and ensure that we are focusing our energy on the right projects and achieving the outcomes that are going to help drive the business forward. Now, as a PMO, if you have a team doing any of these things, then you have a PMO, whether you call it that or not. If you don't, you may want to consider how engaging a team to perform these critical services can help ensure that the people doing the project work can focus on doing the project work. Many of these things that I've mentioned here are not things that are specifically covered inside a particular Agile project. And if you are doing them in, let's say, an Agile Center of Excellence, then you're running a PMO. It's just called an Agile Center of Excellence. It's all the same stuff. 
It's the part of the organization that's helping to ensure that everyone is enabled and empowered and set up for success to help achieve the organization's mission. So these things alone can improve project throughput and productivity. So outsource what you're not the best at if you're in an agile role and doing an agile function or even project delivery so that you can focus all your energy on doing what you do best. And then you can create space for this PMO function to do some of these other things so that the people that are knocking out the projects and achieving the impact can focus on doing just that. The opportunity here for all of us is to find ways to look at each other's strengths and work together to find the best fit solutions for our organization. That, my friend, is where the magic is going to happen. That's where you will create the biggest impact. Okay, Impact Driver, I hope this has given you some ways to think about how project management, PMO, and Agile can all work together to move past this us and them conversation that's happening in many organizations, especially right now, we're in the middle of a global crisis and people are looking for new and creative ways to achieve the outcomes they're trying to achieve. I believe that a symbiotic relationship between the PMO and Agile and other parts of the organization can go a long way to helping us achieve bigger impact, becoming more nimble and flexible and helping us to truly drive big impact, get to those outcomes we're looking to make, and not just survive during these chaotic times and beyond, but thrive. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player so that you are notified about this and some bonus stuff that's coming up soon. And next week, I have a very big and special announcement that I am super excited to share with you for our 50th episode. So if you are in the PMO, project management, agile, make sure you are subscribed so that you are the first to hear about episode 50 coming next week. I cannot wait to share all of the details with you next week. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being a part of my community. I hope you have a high impact rest of your day, rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye for now.